You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your hosts, Daniel Sanangelo and Trey Harris. Yes, indeed, my friend, the Wolverines from the 1984 classic Red Dawn, another great Swayze movie. We all know about the love for the Swayze on this podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another great blast from the past with 80s Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Harris. And the other, Daniel Angelo. And with us, as always, is our producer, Jesse. Right here. And we're coming to you live from the, well, live now, but not when you're listening to us, from the Awesome <laughs> Podcast Network studio, which is... The home of the Awesome Podcast Network, which also includes two other great podcasts in addition to this one, including Geekly Dose, your place for everything geek, hosted by Tim Bridgewater and Stephen Ocentelli. Uh Check that one out. And then also... There's Duo Attack, which is Justin Owens and our own Jesse Sigley, and it's everything hero clicks and whatnot. Oh, take a shot. Huh? <laughs> he said whatnot. What oh, no. <laughs> Listeners of our last episode will know that. But uh, yeah, anytime you hear whatnot, you got to take a shot. Uh, anyway, of course, as you might know already, we're talking about Red Dawn, the 1984 classic. Uh, and we were originally, we mentioned this last week, we were planning on doing Batman. We had some technical difficulties. We couldn't get a copy of Batman to Daniel in time. But we got it fixed. So next week, Tim Burton's Batman, which I'm super hyped up about. Quoted the whole thing verbatim when I was watching it with my wife. So tune in next week for that one, yeah, that ladies was and gentlemen. She was asleep through the oh. part. I mean, she, yeah. So you were I just talking movies to with nobody. My wife. I was enjoying it myself. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Red Dawn released August tenth, nineteen eighty four. Its budget was four point two million. It had an opening of eight point two, so made its money back in its opening weekend. Uh, however, unlike last week's winner, Look Who's Talking, which nearly hit the three million mark, uh, three hundred million, three hundred million. Uh, Red Dawn came in at thirty five point eight. So Aww. not necessarily a huge hit. But uh, much like uh, our first episode, Big Trouble in Little China, it's one of those movies that has become a cult classic, in a sense. Uh, and especially, I think it's, we'll get into the remake later, but uh, it's very, re- I think the story, the story for its time was very relevant to the 80s with the Cold War and everything, yeah. Russians invading the, the United States, and only a group of hardened high school students can be the resistance against the Russian military, the Russian slash Cuban military. Uh, but yeah, uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it, uh, I'm sorry, IMDb gives it a 6.1. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it's a 53% on that one. Hmm. And it's gross for 1984. It was the high, 20th highest grossing movie of the year. So even though it wasn't a multi hundred million dollar maker, it's not the was, big, big numbers that we're, yeah. But I mean, out of, you know, the hundred films released, it was number 20. So, I mean, that's something. Would you like to know the number one or do you have a guess for the number one movie of 1984? Ghostbusters, number one movie of yeah, 1984. I thought it was a little bit later than that. Which we'll be doing as it gets a little bit closer to Halloween. Mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, I think that'll be one of our trivia ones again, like we mentioned. Cool. So I'm game. Awesome. Something strange. In the neighborhood. <laughs> Here you go. Okay, you know where it's going. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be 20 minutes talking. You already said it in your head while you were listening to this. We know you did. All right. Uh, but uh, Red Dawn uh, was directed by John Milas, who also directed the original Conan the Barbarian with Arnold and uh, he also wrote Apocalypse Now so uh, he's got some pretty classic uh, pretty classic movies under his belt and doesn't he look like Scott 
Yeah, he does. If I Scott was, was alive like, to grow old. He looks yeah. like John Goodman in uh, Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski, yeah. He could be his brothers. <laughs> right. He does, he does have like them chops. He kind of, to me, he looks a little, if you look nose up, like Tom Hanks. Nose up. Wow, yeah, I, my I hand don't over. see that. I do a little bit. And he's got squinty eyes. I mean, but remember, Jesse will always go against me at whatever I do in life. So, just What if that. you're wrong? <laughs> Jesse loves to harp on old Daniel. What if you're wrong? But hey, just, right. re- just remember, no one can ever, ever hold Star Wars over you anymore. Well, he didn't do that with me. I know, Star but that was Wars. a that big was thing for you. We're like, caveman and mm-hmm. me sometimes. I almost know, got in a fight with Cave over Star Wars. Yeah. But that will never happen now. <laughs> we'll never see who's better. Yep. <laughs> Death match. <laughs> but it was also written by Milas and also Kevin Reynolds. Uh, I had to I recognize that name, but I didn't recognize him as a writer. But he's he's the director. He directed Waterworld and the Kevin Costner Robin Hood, which uh, Waterworlds. That's that's a good movie to mention for like our last episode. A movie that's bad, but you still watch it, mm-hmm. enjoy it. Like I mean, Waterworld. Waterworld's a bad movie, but I can watch it. I think it's there's certain Dennis Hopper is an enjoyable villain to watch. That that's most Kevin Costner episode. movies. My wife would say. <laughs> The villain is always better than <laughs> My wife would say the Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, I love that movie. Like, No, that, she loves it, but it's kind of... The only thing yeah. that I, I can say about bad about that movie is that, you know, it's in England and he's American. <laughs> he's clearly well, there, from... There, there is a reason Coast. for that, and a little bit off topic, but relevant to Robin Hood, is that Kevin Costner wanted to do an English accent on that movie. But he sucked at it. But movie? Kevin Reynolds <laughs> said, basically said, look, Kevin, your accent sucks just act normally and mm-hmm. which is why there is no English speaking Kevin Costner in Robin Hood which yep. is probably for the best especially when you got Alan Rickman playing opposite Alan Rickman oh, or a true man. Englishman yeah. a menacing Englishman and then you're going to do like oh I love you Marion aha too. yeah <laughs> yeah no disputing that fact Nothing, yeah. that was probably Alan Rickman's like that's what put him on the map that well that and Die Hard but I mean he kind of became that syn- synonymous with the villain which is why when he was Snape and Harry Potter was like so perfect, like mm-hmm. Alan Rickman is the perfect person to play Mr. that character. It's menacing, <laughs> even in that. Anyway, back to back to Red Dawn before we get on that tangent. Uh, again, it released August tenth, nineteen eighty four. Uh, five days after the release of Red Dawn, one of the most revered, truly cult films of all time came out. Which, if if you have seen this movie, I will eat my shorts. Uh-oh. Ventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Yeah, I've seen it before. No, you haven't. You're lying. Yes, I have seen it before. Okay, who's in it? I don't know. Aha! <laughs> Peter Weller is in it. Robocop fame. Jeff Goldblum. Christopher Lloyd. Uh, it's an it's a infamous bad movie, like ter- rubber masks and mm. the whole nine yards. It's very kooky, but it's it's got it's quirky and it's got its charm to it. It's a very enjoyable cult movie, but you probably won't like it because you like Big Trouble in Little China. But... Uh, it's a really fun movie, and uh, it's yeah, one of those. I've heard of it. Hmm. A lot of people haven't. I mean, it's he's like a rock star slash scientist, and it's just awesome. It's it's really cheesy and terrible, but it's so good. It's one of those kind of movies. Sort yeah, of like we're talking. <laughs> yeah, John Lithgow. It's got a great cast. Yeah, Ellen Barkin was yeah. on the roast of Roxanne. Roast of Roxanne. Roast of Roseanne. Roxanne. But yeah, on to the cast. Uh, the late, always great Patrick Swayze was Jed. Of course, we all know what Patrick Swayze's been in. Dirty Dancing, Ghost, Point Break, Two Wong Fu, among his classic Road movies. House. Roadhouse, yeah. Uh, always a always welcome to have a Patrick Swayze movie on the podcast and mm-hmm. remember the great, late, great Patrick Swayze. 
Try um, to interview him sometime. <laughs> we got a Ouija board in here, maybe. <laughs> yeah. He says, listen to 80s Revisited. Yeah. Send them money. Send <laughs> Uh, and also, this is very notable for being the first film of Charlie Sheen, who yeah. played Matt, the younger, Patrick Swayze's younger brother. Of course, Charlie Sheen went on to such classics as Hot Shots, Wall Street, and Navy Seals. And cocaine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots of cocaine. <laughs> Most notably. <laughs> Most cocaine. notably known for cocaine. Yeah, C. Thomas Howe was Robert. Of course, you should remember him from The Outsiders. Also, he had a role in E.T., The Hitcher, and also... He was in the Amazing Spider-Man, the recent one. He was Jack's father, father. and I don't. I saw the movie, but honestly, don't even remember that character from the movie. Hmm. I don't know. I don't. Did you see it, Jesse? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Um, yeah, he was just at the beginning, very beginning. I don't even like even probably even pre-credits. Really? Yeah. He. I mean, it's in the opening credits. Oh, I'm not oh, spoiling much. Yeah, but. I, okay. I know what. Yeah, I remember that now because I'm, I'm reading. I'm like, where was he in this movie? And who the hell was Jack's father? When did that yeah. happen? And then I, he walks into the room and cleans that, up his office. That's about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, the lovely Leah Thompson was Erica. Most notably, people remember her from Back to the Future one through three. Mm-hmm. But Daniel doesn't because he hasn't seen those yet. <laughs> uh, also, Howard the Duck, which I doubt <sighs> you've seen as well, which we'll watch on this podcast eventually, and also coming up soon we'll be watching one of her other films in Jaws 3 so look for her I remember in, her in Beverly in Hillbillies 3. I thought she was really really hot happiness happiness oh, yeah. <laughs> excuse me <laughs> one of Jim Varney's great roles outside yeah, of Ernest totally. always Caroline one of my favorite actors she was in. Uh, and of course the, the dirty dancing connection between Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey's in this is Tony uh, she was also of course in Ferris Bueller and Baby and Dirty Dancing and when you watch this movie this is what happens when baby gets put in a corner, oh, can of whoop ass <laughs> with much fully automatic machine guns and grenades. She was always the the one that the decoy, pretty yeah. much. Because <laughs> she's probably the quickest. Yeah, I'm riding a bike with the picnic basket yeah. looking thing. I hope you throw it in the tank. <laughs> don't leave it sitting aside, or don't tell me to walk away with it. Then I'm gonna run perfectly in the direction of where these hidden little. Uh, Bunker hole That's thing. the thing. Like the Ru- we'll get on into this. But the Russians never shoot anybody. Like when they're running from, like wait, come here, come here. They don't, you know, <laughs> they just blatantly kill everybody else in the town. Like when they're leaving. Yeah. Oh, let's get through the credit, the cast, and then we'll retouch on this because we're gonna lose our place here. Right. I'm gonna lose my place, I should say. Sure. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton, one of my favorite actors, was uh, Jeb and Matt's dad, Mr. Eckhart. Of course, he was in Fire Walk with me, uh, Paris, Texas, Alien, and. Uh, Green Mile. He was the one, the prisoner that was doing the test. Like, oh, I'm going to put sponge on the oh, head. Yeah. And like, stop it only by catching the giggles when we do this for real that next night or whatever the line is. But uh, he was that dude. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and if you haven't seen Alien, right? You saw Aliens, but not yeah, Alien. Not Alien. Okay, no. yeah. But uh, he was in. He's one of the characters in that. They do show his picture in Aliens when they're showing the the dead people oh, from yeah. Alien. Yeah. Spoiler: He dies. In the Great Powers <laughs> Booth, he always has that great voice. Like, I always oh, love sure. Powers Booth's voice. Was the current lieutenant? Oh, I can't do it with Lieutenant Colonel Tanner. But he's also extremely awesome in Frailty and Tombstone. He was also in Sin City. And uh, Frank McGray was the uh, the teacher in the beginning that gets blown away five seconds in the movie. But uh, he was the police chief in Last Action Hero Arnold uh, movie. Did not like that movie. That, that's another bad movie. Mm-hmm. Like that, uh, it's really enjoyable. Oh, um, uh, he was also in Forty Eight Hours and Rocky Two. There was a couple of movies we've done on the podcast where I was thinking. Like, it kind of takes a little while to build it up. Alien was a good build up, you know. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Money Pit at first, I was, you know, 
This movie doesn't take very long. <laughs> to... you know, well, let's get right. In, let's get right into it. Okay, Daniel Santana, you literally watched this for the first time ever, correct? Last yeah. night, mm-hmm. so or today, that, I should didn't say. really know anything about it. Awesome, one of those. Daniel Santangelo, what'd you think of Red Dawn? I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't. I wasn't like jumping out of my seat. Yeah. but I wasn't like falling asleep. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of one of those. I paid attention to it. Um, you got to pay attention to Patrick Swayze. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm just so, so. I mean, unfortunately, it does take place in a cooler climate. So there's no shirtless Swayze, unfortunately, but I can live without that. And it, we always it, got Roadhouse. It was sure kind of odd to see it. <laughs> and to see, oh yeah, be Channing Tatum. Oh, An God. early. It's kind of odd to see. We'll get early. into that too. Okay. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> but I mean, overall, you liked it. I mean, like yeah, you said, it was, uh, it was okay. Uh, um, I'll give the score at the end, but mm-hmm. uh, this was one of those movies that did not take long to get started. Yeah, I love that about it. Like yeah. uh, I, I can see the it original drops them off and then bam. Well, well, I want to touch on this briefly now, but I can just see how the remake's going to be. They're going to spend the first twenty minutes like, oh, how Chris Hemsworth's the quarterback and blah blah blah, and then it's going to happen. They're going to rush through it an hour and a half. But I uh, see Channing Tatum. I'm retarded. I'm thinking of some other movie. <laughs> I'm surprised he's not in it. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I am too. That's why yeah. I guess. But, but yes, uh, Chris Hemsworth. You know, I love how. This movie, it, like you said, like within five minutes, you're into the plot. And yeah. I think it works for this film, too, because especially for you, not even knowing, you might have maybe barely known the premise even if, even a, that much. It was a cool shot. So you they, don't even know. You you're, saw the you're wondering, too, like, what the hell's going on here? What yeah. is this movie about? You know, because it's just, you're in school, and then all of a sudden, you know, a scene that would never, ever be in a movie nowadays when they oh, shoot yeah. the... The teacher and the and shoot at the school. They, that mm-hmm. would that will that scene. Quote me now. Will not if that scene's in the remake. Props to whoever's yeah, directing and whatnot for putting mm-hmm. the balls to put a school shooting scene in a movie. Also, yeah. the fact that it does yeah take place in Colorado. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Maybe uh, Red Dawn was the reason that happened. Nobody. Yeah. Michael Moore. You know, you go harp on Marilyn Manson. Look at this one. Yeah, those nah. kids had Russian backgrounds. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Eric. It wasn't. I guess that's German. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't the gore. Like it wasn't a very gory movie, but they didn't take any. Yeah, they didn't hide anything. They had the firing squads and everything. Yeah, it's a very watching. It, now it was real. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. If and you could tell, say a movie's real. Now I remember I, when I was a kid, I watched this movie. Probably not not in '84. It was only four. But like when I was relatively young, I'd rented it and watched it. And my parents were just like, "Why is my child watching this this movie? Because this watch and I, I watched it not too long ago, maybe a year or so ago, because." Uh, when I guess not a year or so ago, but uh, before that Swayze died, I was in mourning, so I was watching all of Patrick Swayze's movies. But uh, you know, we're just watching it. Uh, so I've seen it pretty recently. I'm watching it again. It's even more so though, especially after the tragedy in uh, the theater the shooting. Theater, yeah. what? That, that was in Colorado too, wasn't it? It was in Colorado. Yeah. So yep. you know, it's just like you know those things in this environment now ring true to you. And like we're watching the scene now. I mean, there, there are shooting, shooting RPGs, RPGs into in the school, a school. Mm-hmm. you know, and shooting teachers and. And the comedic part is that they shoot half the kids. If you're not one of the main characters, you don't get shot at until you're in sure. your vehicle driving away. <laughs> you know, all the other kids are getting shot at and then, you know, blatantly just murdered. And the same people in the town, these kids are leaving. They're running by other soldiers. And the people are walking and, and they're like harassing the walking people. It's like, no, you want you should stop the people fleeing to, you know, tell whoever, you know, if you're invading, you know, you want to contain it like an outbreak in a sense. But it's just, the, I, we'll touch it. We'll focus more on the remake near the end. But, this, I'm, I can't believe they're remaking this because of the subject matter. And they're already, we already know they're changing the Russians to North Koreans. Okay. Oh, okay, no. Pause. We'll talk about that later. Anyway, because I'm about to go on a, <laughs> I, I got, to go on a rant. A you might can go on a rant from this. 
Have, this is this is for the both of y'all. Have y'all seen a foreign movie where we were the enemy? And I wonder how that's presented. No, because probably not in English. Yeah. <laughs> no, but 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 still, like uh, like brought I've up that th- same I wonder point. how we we're pre- like if there was a Chinese movie or a Russian movie, and we were the bad guys. I'd like to know how we would be presented. Mm-hmm. Well, well, for example, in Germany, like you can't have any movies with swastikas in it. Like okay. there's. Uh, I think you have to have certain, certain you have to have special permission to even have a swastika in a screen on screen in a German movie. I, I believe, unless it's like some historical thing like Valkyrie. I think they were allowed because it was telling about the good Nazis. And I could be wrong with this. Please send me an email asiavisited at gmail dot com. Uh, but I know like in the college in the original World War Two games, I, I want to say the swastikas in Germany aren't there. So it's it's not like you're killing Uncle Hans when you're playing it like. Yeah. Oh, Uncle Hans was in this at this battle, and oh, that could have been him that I just shot as an American <laughs> terrorist killing my people. Whatever, yeah. whatever, you know. But I think what to to more focus on what you were saying though is that, I mean, honestly, we're the biggest. Us in Bollywood, or I think actually Bollywood outproduces the U.S. film industry, hmm. or it's it's really close. I, my math or whatever mm-hmm. information might be outdated, but uh, you know, because most of our movies are dubbed over there, like for, for every other country, because yeah. every people. We have so many internationally known superstars. Patrick Swayze was one. Schwarzenegger, Stallone, like the Expendables. The same dude that does the voice, the South American, the Spanish versions of Schwarzenegger and Stallone's movies. He does both Arnold and Stallone for their movies. So for the Expendables, <laughs> he's doing two roles. That's awesome. That's As a, you know, but you know, one is the Arnold one, and the other one is the Stallone. So <laughs> he's when they have a conversation with themselves. Yeah. <laughs> like if you were in a room with Mel Blanc or oh, Blanc God. back in the day, That'd just awesome. watching him do his work. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, you know he was allergic to carrots and like he would chew a carrot and then have to spit it out <laughs> when he was doing Bugs Bunny. That's awesome. Fun fact. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. But uh, yeah, I you know, but that. we're perceived. I mean, of course, in Arab culture or you know, wherever you know, we're not, you know, we are the great Satan or whatever. You know, I'm sure like in the movies that they make, we're not perceived well. But I mean, then again, there's also movies that we make where we're not perceived well. You know, or one faction of society isn't perceived well. Born on the Fourth of July, you know, if you're for the war, you're, you know, Tom Cruise hates you and is going to wave a flag at you angrily. Uh, you know, there's how many, excuse me, you know, anytime there's a CIA movie or an FBI movie, you know, some dude on our, on our side's the bad dude. Yeah, Jason you know, Bourne stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we're the bad guys in that, but that's our own movie. But you know, it'd uh, just be interesting to see a I'm foreign sure movie some. where like the Americans are actually. Sp- Speaking in English and <laughs> well, uh, honestly, you know what? I mean, look at Full Metal Jacket or even Platoon. You know, because they focus on the atrocities of war, but you know, between ourselves, but also what's being done over there. Like, there's this really powerful scene in Platoon where Kevin Dillon or Matt I Dillon. I haven't watched both of those movies. Okay, well, I won't mention yeah. them. But I mean, there's scenes in these movies that's just like you know, it's like shades of My Lie, yeah. which I don't know if you know what My Lie is. The My Lie Massacre. It's mm-hmm. a very dark point you know it's akin to like when they were saying the marine killed innocent people in afghanistan just went door to door shooting people yeah. it's sort of like that but 10 to- a million times worse during the vietnam era it's a very there's actually a really good documentary on netflix about it you just search my life but okay. it's like it's one of those things and honestly a lot of people don't even remember that but it's an extremely important part of american history that uh i didn't even know about till i was in college taking a class on the vietnam war i was like what is this this is absolutely horrific that soldiers did this blah 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 tangent but uh, you know, uh, it's, someone brought up Dances with Wolves. America yeah, is a bad guy. That's true. Yeah, you know, almost any movie like that, to where not like that, but uh, that's uh, favoring the Indians, like uh, in a good light. Usually, yeah. we're the, mm-hmm. which I mean, it is true for that from that perspective. Uh, 
you know, and but there's two sides to every conflict, you know. Like I'm, I'll, I'll, sure. I wonder what the British think when they watch The Patriot or when they play the new Assassin's Creed Three. When you know, <laughs> if you're an Englishman and you like Assassin's Creed, you know, you're now you're kill, you know, you're fighting for the Americans yeah. against, you know. So I'm sure they're culturally aware of that, but, uh, you know, I think we're more so perceived just in the media in general in countries that don't like us, like how we're perceived on Al Jazeera, like Amer- another bombing of innocent people on Ameri- by Americans, et cetera, et cetera, you know, so I don't know what, I mean, and they wouldn't, I don't think they even, the movie like that wouldn't even get airtime over here, I wouldn't think, yeah. you know, yeah. like, unless it was critically acclaimed all over the world but here, and then they bring it here, but I mean, any logical American knows we're not the good guys all the time, you know, Act, you know, in war there are no good guys, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I mean, because, you know, you can't well, help it if somebody is walking across the street and gets hit by one of your attacks on, you know, Osama bin Laden or, you know, whatever. And that's just, that's, you know, that's, that's war. War never changes. And X-Men, the humans are the bad guys. Yeah, you know, if you're not a mutant, you're a bad, you know. Yeah. You're a, you know, so that's so, a good point. It's a delicate balance, that's Shit for sure. just got real in here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, this movie, honestly, like, is very relevant and, like, this is a very political movie. As far, uh, I should have... I didn't. I didn't bring my notes. I'm actually looking just, at them on pictures that my wife sent me because I left them at home. <laughs> but uh, like this is a this is a you know a right winger's wet dream of a movie, you know extreme right winger because I mean again you talk about you know gun rights and all this stuff what happens, uh, and it was a very polarizing movie at the time too because you know a lot of liberals don't like it just because of the the message it sends and it doesn't matter which way you stand. I mean this movie's awesome. So you know if this happened, you know this is I think it's a very realistic depiction of. How a pocket of resistance would develop in a situation like that, you know. But we would definitely need to follow Swayze's training methods because <laughs> they quickly got just Badass. Green Beret level type, or the Green Beret were going to go help them. Are you serious? Like they're that good. <laughs> Swayze is the man. No joke. No matter what he does. But uh, and we mentioned before that uh, I think it was on one podcast we were saying where I can remember the first PG thirteen film. This is the first film to be released. That was rated PG-13, but that was because of films like Temple of Doom and Poltergeist uh, that were PG, and, you know, you have people getting their hearts ripped out. You have the dude ripping off his face in Poltergeist, so parents wanted something, you know, like, this isn't PG. Sure. Yeah. And Jaws is a perfect example. Jaws, you know, we're in the middle of Shark Week. It releases on Blu-ray tomorrow. I'm so freaking excited to watch Jaws on Blu-ray tomorrow night. Uh, your face is... <laughs> I'm glowing. It's like just had sex or something. I'm so happy. I can't even look at you. You're so bright right now. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, and that was a PG movie. And, I mean, watch Jaws. That is one of the goriest movies mm-hmm. for its time. Like, bar and PG. Yeah. And, you know, PG-13 came along. And you see uh, boobs on PGs, you know. Yeah. And there were there. F-bombs and space balls, and we've mentioned that before. Uh, now, this, again... Trivia, like, factually, this is the first film released, actually, to theaters with a PG-13. However, The Flamingo Kid was the first film to be given a PG-13 rating by the MPAA, but it didn't release until December. Thus, Red Dawn is the first release film to carry the PG-13 rating. Hmm. And, uh... Would it be? Would it be PG-13 now? Honestly, if this movie, in exactly how it is, is released it today, be. I think it'd be R. Me too. Mm-hmm. Because Honestly, because of the first five minutes. Yeah. Where they shoot up the school, they wouldn't put that in. You know, nobody would put Especially, that in a movie. I mean, of course. Here we go with the of course. That's <laughs> one of my things. Um, you know, teacher getting shot is bad enough, but when you saw students yeah, like in the window, dead and, in the like, window I mean, they're just blasting I mean, them all over the place. That would not, you know, and it sucks. I mean, because 
I understand that, you know, we're not discounting a tragedy. We know we can make a movie of the Titanic now because everybody's dead. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like the South Park says, after 10 years, everything's okay. Yeah. You know, so 10 years after 9-11, they had the episode where the terrorists get in the planes and bomb the uh, Jersey Shore people, mm-hmm. you know, with the planes, you know. But yeah. it's 10 years, it's okay. That's the South Park mentality. And, and that's true, you know, like, in a big sense. I mean, of course... 9-11's still fresh in everybody's mind. Columbine's still fresh in everybody's mind. Uh, the, the theater shooting is... Everybody's still... You know, every now and then on Facebook there's just something yeah. about it. You know, Virginia and that's going to be... Yeah, yeah, you know, all that. It's still there. But, you know, you talk about Titanic. You talk about the Hindenburg. You know, that, those were both extreme tragedies, but it's cool. You we, know, you can make whatever fun you want, or you can have a depiction of a ship sinking in a movie or a you're, you're blimp a, crashing. A, a film buff, definitely, you know, connoisseur. Oh, when did they you. start making World War II movies? I wouldn't, I couldn't tell you the exact year, but I mean, uh, you had some in I think even the fifties and sixties maybe because mm-hmm. there was a Dirty Dozen, uh, you know, so it was several years after. But again, World War Two was the good fight. I think I know what. Oh, I, I get what you're saying. What yeah. I would like to yeah. know, I, what I'd like to research and find out when did they start making Vietnam films, because yeah. Vietnam was polarizing, and uh, I mean, of course, you had like a run on them in the eighties with Platoon, Full Metal Jacket, Hamburger Hill, uh, and. Uh, movies like that, like there was just a lot of them at once. So it could, Vietnam very well could have been. We had the deer, you had the deer hunter in the. Well, deer hunter might have been early '80s. Deer hunter might be one of the earliest ones. I have to research it and find out. But you know, but again, look at the Vietnam movies as opposed to like the film films like the best years of our lives that are about World War II, about the vets coming home. They're all so happy. They're all so great. Everything's fine because we fought the good fight. There is not a happy Vietnam movie at all. Forrest Gump isn't even, you know, the Vietnam, yeah. the section of Vietnam is like the saddest part of the movie, you know, except for the end, but, Jenny, but, uh, you know, it's not a, Vietnam is not a happy subject. You You're know? right, Taxi Driver was the first. What was uh, it? Hmm. It says Oh, wait, no, the Green Berets, yeah, 68. Green Berets, 68. But, oh, okay, there is the exception. The Green Berets, oh, okay, okay, the Green Berets is a happy movie. And it's really funny when John Wayne's supposed to be sneaking around the jungles of Vietnam and there's pine trees everywhere because they filmed it like in northern Alabama or somewhere. <laughs> so it's, and it's all like, you know, it's a, it's a John Wayne film. Yeah. You know, no disrespect to John Wayne, but when he makes a movie, it's pro-war. It's a good movie. Like, he's on the right side. He's doing, you know, they're doing the right thing, et cetera, et cetera. But look, you got, John, you got uh, as an example, Green Berets, good, you know, happy movie. Deer Hunter, holy shit, there's not a smile to be had in that movie. Apocalypse Now, same thing. Platoon, same thing. We Were Soldiers, uh, Full Metal Jacket, Hamburger Hero, Casualties of War, Michael J. Fox, and Sean Penn. You know, We Were Soldiers is a good movie. You know, I mean, they're all good movies, you know, and some are a little more, the ending is a little more fulfilling, like with, say, Rescue Dawn or We Were Soldiers, but there's still hell they're going through to get there. But, I mean, movies, like, look at the string, like, in seven, uh, 86 with Platoon, and then uh, Full Metal 87, Hamburger Hero 87, Casualties of War 89. Those are not happy movies. Those are, like, brutality of war. And, like, uh, we will be doing Full Metal Jacket and... Uh, platoon on here eventually so I mean you will get yeah, to check yeah I mean you out. rarely see a smile on Red Dawn I mean yeah I mean maybe it, to, you know, there's not even really there's and, not even comedic relief in it yeah. you know mm-hmm. at all where did Tropic Thunder take place you <laughs> 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 got me on that because <laughs> 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 I'm sorry yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. that's what I'm here for just because it's a comedy don't mean it ain't true right the <laughs> time <laughs> Wasn't Vietnam? I mean, they were in the jungle. I, I don't know if they. I can't remember if they actually said it was a Vietnam uh, movie they were filming or just. Because I mean, they were fighting Asians in the jungle, so it, I guess it had to be. I just don't remember it what wasn't that. Like Colombia. I don't remember. 
I remember possibly. all the non plot. I remember the humor of the movie, not like the fact right. that they were there to do any <laughs> fictional Vietnam War. Film. Yeah, well, there you go. Tropic there Thunder is. is the only happy, <laughs> <laughs> only the Vietnam comedy. Oh, Good Morning Vietnam. That's still sad in certain parts uh, with yep. Robin Williams. But uh, getting on with Red Dawn, uh, it was a Guinness, like you were pointing out earlier, Dana, it was a, uh, on the screen, it was a Guinness World Record holder for its time with 134 acts of violence per hour. So it was the <laughs> most violent movie for a time in the Guinness mm. World Records, uh, which breaks down to about uh, 2.23 uh, acts mm-hmm. of violence a minute. So How about that? A, an extremely violent movie. And while we're on that, would you care to guess the body count? Oh, body count for look who's talking last episode we didn't mention was the <laughs> big fat ask. zero. So, yeah. Thanks for listening to that. <laughs> well, I mean, well, no, how many sperm were in the that, beginning that died? What, oh. That, that's only that's half again, a person. How you, yeah, it's true. How you uh, body they count. They were talking. Okay, now, this is like Star Wars, because they mention a group of people that get killed in the movie. There's a, there's a real figure that doesn't include them, but then there's the funny figure that includes the people that the pilot that Powers Boo says got killed in China. Oh, so, well, that was... Four hundred million yeah. got killed in China. Plus, <laughs> plus uh, the body, the actual body count in the movie. Uh, one hundred and fifty. That's close. You're a little high, but it's one hundred and eighteen. So in the ballpark, same sport. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like he says, uh, he goes, uh, six hundred million Chinese, and the kids like, I thought there were a billion Chinese. Yeah. There was. There so was. technically, uh, the body count is four hundred million and one hundred eighteen. Uh, most kills. Would you care to guess of the of the characters? I hope it's Jennifer Grey. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping it was too, but no, it's Swayze with 18. And the second would be she, uh, his brother in the movie, Charlie Sheen, with nine. Nine. So, respectable 18 kills. Uh, this was, I thought this was pretty funny. The, re- the replica tanks they built of the Soviet, uh, the Soviet tanks were so accurate that actually two CIA, AJ, two CIA agents... <laughs> so excited. I know, I love talking about movies. I'm just so excited. <laughs> uh, actually followed and had them prove that this was a replica that they had for the movie and where they got it from and all that so that's pretty funny uh and then um the original title for this movie was Ten Soldiers which is nowhere near as cool no. as Red Dawn that's just a badass title yes it is uh and you know when uh Leah Thompson first comes across Powers Booth when he's yeah. crashed and she says you know what's the capital of uh Texas and he's like Austin, Austin. that is and she goes nah it's Houston which uh he's correct but Patrick Swayze's from Houston so that line is an in joke because Patrick Swayze's from Houston, so it's the kiss now. Because he's from Houston, it's the capital of Texas, I got which it should be changed to honor Patrick Swayze. There should be a statue of him in Houston on the tallest building. Call it Swayze, Texas. <laughs> Swayze Tower. <laughs> would be, if I was a superhero, that would be that would be my area of uh, base of operations. <laughs> Swayze Tower. <laughs> the lobby would have like statues of him from all of his movies. You are a superhero right now. You're promoting Swayze. <laughs> Swayze promoter is my yeah. name. Swayze lad. I'm trying to think of some of, Swayze some, cast. some of the poses you would have for each movie. Dirty Dancing would be like just him on the cover. No, actually, be him doing that little walk in the end. Yeah. You know where he's like what, what doing a little boogie. Be? Him uh, pushing. Yeah, him like pushing a penny. <laughs> oh, Roadhouse, he'd have the dude's throat in his mm. hand. Tu Wong Fu. Uh, I probably wouldn't have one for that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do a Bugs Bunny reference, but you haven't seen Wayne's World. I've at, seen the first one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, is a, this is a Wayne's World slash Patrick Swayze reference. Did you ever find that Patrick Swayze was attractive and too long foo and he was dressed like a woman? I don't remember that part. Right? You're <laughs> supposed to go, no, and I'm supposed to go, oh, me neither. 
because Garth asked Wayne, yeah. like, did you ever find Bugs Bunny attractive when he put on the skirt the and he pretended yeah. to be a woman? <laughs> he's like, no. Yeah, and Garth, like, I mean, he's Are they, like, talking on top of the vehicle? Or yeah, something? when they were yeah. by the airport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great scene. Yeah. And, uh, the the ending with where uh the basically the scene of the, with the rock with the narration by Leah Thompson after they kind of say that we're you know we're we're free, that scene was actually added at the studio's insistence. They're like Miles one in the film when they're just free and just leave it open like, open. But that of course the epilogue then obviously shows that we win, America yeah. wins. Which you know I don't I don't dis normally like when a studio steps in I usually I find in my opinion it's usually for the worse where they change something or want something to be taken out that I think added value to it. But I think this epilogue, it works for the movie. Because then it, you know, I like movies that are open-ended, but also I like the fact that, because it, it ties into what I think uh, Charlie Sheen was saying to him before, like he sent him away, like, you know, we're going to d- create a diversion so y'all can leave. Uh, that, you know, he knows that we're going to win. So it kind of ends that character arc, like the the arc of the movie, that, you know, they their sacrifice wasn't in vain. We do win. Freedom prevails, et cetera, et cetera. I did like the way... Uh it ended with Swayze. And, yeah, and that was a, was a, that was a powerful yeah. scene, uh, and also when uh, Jennifer Grey died, that you know, yeah. and you know, to use a, you know, that's a putting the grenade under her body like that. That's a tactic that the Viet Cong used in Vietnam against us. Because mm-hmm. in, in Red Dawn, you know, of course we're not the oppressors in a sense, but a lot of the stuff they do is reminiscent of the tactic, the guerrilla warfare that the Viet Cong used against the U.S. They would put live grenades under American dead, and when we go. They would come pick up the bodies to take them back and bury them. I mean, they were notorious for their booby traps. Oh, yeah, uh, we're watching the scene where they do some of the shooting. I forgot, uh, I forget his name, but he was uh, he was uh, Perry White in Lois and Clark TV show, the newspaper guy. I don't know. You never watched that? Okay. No. <laughs> anyway, I don't remember mm. his name. We'll find it in a second. But, uh, and of course, Red Dawn is very popular in pop culture. Of course, the remake's coming out, but uh, also South Park parodied it with their Grey Dawn episode, which was the one where the old people were driving, and they got the license removed, and they locked the door to the, uh, I forget the name of the buffet, the Sunday buffet, so the old people couldn't get in. <laughs> and then also, in uh, Modern Warfare 2, Call of Duty, uh, or excuse me, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, uh, there's an achievement called Wolverines. That's from one of the missions where you, uh, I forget the actual mission. Anyway, but there's an achievement <laughs> called Wolverines that's in reference. Lane Smith is the actor's name. They play Perry White. That's also in Red Dawn. He was the mayor. Uh, uh-huh. But the second I saw him, I was like, oh, yeah, it's Perry White from Lois and Clark. But, yeah, uh, the Call of Duty Achievement Wolverines is in is The achievement title Wolverines is referenced to Red Dawn. And then the greatest, the greatest accolade that this movie has in modern culture is the name of the operation that, got, that captured Saddam Hussein was Operation Red Dawn. To which hmm. the director, uh, John Miles, was quoted as saying he was extremely honored and happy that that was the name of the operation. Hmm. And, uh, okay, I'm going to do a quick tangent real quick uh, to prom- uh, promote a movie I saw earlier this week on Netflix. It's called The Devil's Double. It's about the, a guy that was forced into being the double for Saddam Hussein's son, Uday. Fantastic movie. I highly recommend it to yeah. our listeners and you guys. Uh, but fantastic. Dominic Cooper plays in it. He played uh, he was in Captain America. He, would Howard, he was Howard Stark in Captain America. Okay. But he plays a dual role in this movie. This is a it's an awesome movie. It's very good. Uh, speaking of Saddam Hussein, it's the only reason I bring it up. But uh, yeah. it's a very good movie and relevant to Saddam's modern times. Saddam's best but, role was Hot Shots Part. Oh yeah, like he he was so good in that movie. Like <laughs> the act, you know, I I didn't think he had it in him. Yeah. And to do was on stunts too, like where he gets thrown in the fire and then he catches the bomb. I mean, 
you know, despite the atrocities he did to, you know, the Shiites and all that, you know, he, he was, was really fantastic in that movie. By him uh, oh, going to bed. That, oh, no, with the bra, he had the bra, too, you know. He, he, he pulled it off, you know. I was surprised. Slash agreed. <laughs> but uh, before, we, before we get into a remake, talk about the remake and all that, uh, any other thoughts about the original classic? Um, ahead, we'll give the rating, too, real quick, before we, and then we'll talk about the remake. I would give it a six. Really? That yeah. low? Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it, but um, like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't falling asleep, but it wasn't like, mm-hmm. oh, that's awesome. I mean, it, I think it does run long for yeah. the story it's telling, uh, but to me, this this would be, uh, I'd probably say, from in my scale, I'd say an eight. It's a straight up eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, because of society today, I like it more because it's a brave film. Yeah. As far as what it show, like what it's depicting, like there's you know there again We're like we said before, anything, right? there are things in this movie that you will never see in, a, in another movie for maybe a hundred years. Nobody's gonna have the balls to do something like this because mm-hmm. they're no they're gonna get you know Fox News is gonna crucify him for putting a scene like this in a movie. But there, I mean, there are certain scenes in it that definitely I was like, damn. Well, again, uh, these are high school kids, so they're minors mm-hmm. using guns, killing people, and like I mean the, the scene where uh. uh the dude swallowed the bug. Yeah, and, then and Swayze won't do it. That's you know, a long, a long scene too, yeah. like a long one shot type of scene. Like Children of Men, I know that wasn't one shot, but that was a powerful scene where he oh, went through everything. That's one of the greatest scenes in cinema history, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and McAvoy, James McAvoy, had one on Atonement. It yeah. was a really long shot, but like that, that was a pretty badass scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. and then the dude just. Yeah, just you, know, you see them kind of walk up slowly and just bam. Well, think yeah. and again, like wait till you see Platoon because that that's a similar war mentality that goes into like this film. And I think you know John Moss is a he's, he wrote Apocalypse Now, so he he knows what happened. You know the mentality of uh, soldiers in Vietnam and all that. So that's that's very relevant in this movie. Whereas the remake, I guarantee you, is going to have none of like the uh, against society norm decisions that are going to be made like in, that are in the original like to where the one dude basically you know his his dad's dead he basically decides he's going to kill every Russian that he comes across no matter what and even his friend, former friend that then betrayed him you know like he has um, that's very relevant to in every uh, Vietnam movie there's always that one character that's just like becomes lost in the madness so to speak of mm-hmm. of war they basically become war you know not in a good way like John Rambo to become war to stop war you got to become war these are they're becoming war and, and not being human, you know they're losing their humanity with their ferocity and the violence. So you know that's if that's in the remake again that's that's going to be I'll be so I almost don't surprised. want you to see it. I don't want to see the I yeah. honestly don't want to see it. I haven't even seen the trailer yet. You know yeah. I I know I eventually will see. I won't see it in theaters, yeah. uh, but I know I will see it. And I, I, my what you talking about before my stance on You're not remakes go into in general, it expecting much at least or, I expect uh, nothing okay yeah. and the cast okay I like Chris Hemsworth but I mean he's done Thor he's done a lot of shouting he's not done a lot of acting mm-hmm. now I'm not saying he's a bad actor by any stretch of imagination but he's uh, not he's no he Patrick in, uh, Swayze Cabin in the Woods I haven't seen that yet I mm-hmm. want to see that really bad because I, I know but he's he, in it he's kind of that same type mm-hmm. you know and, uh, and there's so many damn Hemsworths now like it's aggravating there's only two huh no there's three oh, they have an older brother I there's, believe there's Chris that just got Thor, and there's it. the dude that's in Expendables that's married to Miley Cyrus or whatever. Liam. And then there's the one that was in The Hunger Games. That's the same guy. Oh, it is. Oh, I thought it was that's the same guy, Liam. Yeah. Oh, really? I thought it was a different one. But there's oh. another one trying to get into acting. Oh. No. Oh, so the dude in Hunger Games is the dude in Expendables? Yes. Wow. 
if that's he not, looks different. If that's not uh, Chris Hemsworth. Oh no, I was when I saw Hemsworth, I was like, oh hell yeah, Chris Hemsworth in the Expendables. No, it's his brother. Like, oh, are you well. serious? Yeah, that sucks. Because that, that made it even more awesome to me that you know Man, Thor I, is I in thought, the Expendables. Yeah, I thought that's. I mean, that doesn't take away Liam. Yeah, those Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah Expendables. Build, Dude, a build a kid. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so the Hunger. Have you seen the Hunger Games? Uh-uh. Oh, that was stupid. <laughs> I didn't read the books. A lot books. of people give me different opinions on that. Some people really liked it. Some people hated the camera. Yeah, like a lot mm. of people that I talked to, like I was talking to Jason over the weekend, like he hated like the shaky cam work. Uh, There's the old guy. He looks nothing like the other no. ones. Luke Hemsworth. Hey, he was, bro, can I be in like Thor too? No. Because that said Bikini Wars at first. <laughs> I was like, really? No, I mean, I'm <laughs> sure if I... Here's my problem with The Hunger Games. It's a young adult book, but the plot is deserving of an adult movie. Basically, here's my review of Hunger Games. Without like, and again, I didn't not honestly. I don't. I, mean, I, I didn't not. I did not not like the movie. But it's just like, and eh, this story could have been better if it was rated R. Basically, yeah. like the the emotional content of this movie is something that needs to be deeper. My, here's my one sentence review of Hunger Games. I liked it better when it was battle royale and didn't have a Twilight love triangle triangle in it. Battle royale was a Japanese movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, very brutal rated R I mean it, the awesome thing about Battle Royale it's got Takeshi in, uh, beat Takeshi in it who was famous Japanese actor but he's also the dude in MXC uh, no, yeah. <laughs> not Kenny Blankenship the other one doggone it Vic Romano the, Takeshi's Castle the show that they did yeah. that for like he's he, he's, a, he's a very famous Japanese actor and he was in that movie but Battle Royale is like you know it, it, I, I know the chick that wrote Hunger Games saw Battle Royale yeah but uh, you know it's Again, I did not not. It's not like Battleship. Like I said last episode, it was like one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. But Hunger Games, it was it was good, but like it could have been so much better with an R rating and a little bit and, better and special maybe effects. Maybe it will become. You know how. Well, there's Harry, two other books, Harry so Potter I have no clue what's going to happen. Got darker too, but that I mean, yeah. it, the books got darker as well. Well, but. I mean, speaking of Red Dawn, this mm-hmm. is relevant with the Hunger Games because they're taking children. And instead of Red Dawn, where they're being invaded and having to fight against them, they're putting they're taking two children a district or whatever a male and a female and making them fight to the death so it's you know that's a that's a deep thing i mean there's a little there's a little chick in it like a i don't know how old she is melissa you've read the book how old is that little chick in the movie uh in the book like 12 i mean she can't be like 12 or 13 it's 16 because like she's saying 16 she's not near the mic so we can't hear her (laughs) and the people who have left reviews saying we have audio (laughs) problems are probably up in arms believe I'm, I might be incorrect but I think she's 16 because the district kids it's like you have to be certain age okay to be chosen like they they pretty much almost choose these children like it's a game like they're their thing that they consider well, it's like a hunger a, game a, well they're, they're <laughs> it is a that, game they're thing the they death. consider like a <laughs> government or something that's like equivalent to their government plays this cruel joke on its people and that's why they pick all these kids. So it's it's like this feeling of you, we have power and control over you and you can't do anything and we're going to kill your kids. It's Well, see, yeah. that'd be great in a rated R movie. Yeah. Not a PG-13 movie. Yeah. And again, I, I'm not hating on the book. I'm not hating on the movie. Yeah. And But, I mean, you know, it's, in a sense, it's almost like a, you know, you didn't need to remake Red Dawn. Hunger Games, is in a sense, is the same story in a way with the, well, not really. That's a, that's a stretch. I take that back. It was dumb. I shouldn't even draw that correlation. Red Dawn's awesome and Hunger Games. A lot is okay. of upset people right now. They tuned in for a Red Dawn review. You gave them Hunger Games. I told them how bad it was. <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah, like going back to the like the Red Dawn remake. You know, like it's so Hollywood is out of ideas. So let's you know they just had the Total Recall remake, which I haven't seen. I do want to see it because I, I I'm one of the few people that like Colin Farrell. Uh, 
And honestly, uh, the director Lynn Wiseman, I don't think he's he's a he's a decent director. I think he's got a good action. Uh, you know, he's not John Woo or uh, yeah. Michael Bay, thank God. But uh, I think he's got a good knack for action films and whatnot. Take a shot. Uh, but from here's what I've heard, and here's here's exactly what I thought about when I when I first heard that remake until Recall. It's going to be the exact same story with none of the heart or the psychological backstory. They don't go to Mars. They don't. That's what I heard. Fuck that movie. That's <laughs> stupid. That's like that's the key thing of the movie. You know, that's like important. You know, and because I, I, uh, actually, I just got the Blu-ray of they re-released the original on Blu-ray. Uh-huh. It's been on Blu-ray, but this is like the a special edition with has all the special features, including the terrible Arnold commentary oh, on God. this Blu-ray. The original Blu-ray didn't have it, so they released it, re-released it because of the movie. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to watching the original again on Blu-ray. But I've seen the original 50 million times, uh, and. You know, and I think the Red Dawn's gonna be the same way. It's gonna, it's gonna be the same story without the school shooting, without some of this other deep stuff. But it's gonna be cut and dried. Chris, okay, we, we gotta stop when they're taking our town. I'm quarterback of the football team. Oh yes, and then they're gonna like win. In the end, it's gonna be happy and they're win. If this movie, credits, the, yeah, you know, it's gonna be a happy. If this movie had does not have a happy ending, if it has, if it's literally the original, again, like I would give it credit. Like you know, good for you for sticking to that and not. Redo, you know, but again, if you're remaking a movie, why, why remake it unless you're going to do something new to it? But when you're making something and you have Money. none of the spirit or the heart <laughs> behind it, then why even bother? Because, but and, and the reason is exactly what you said, Dan. It's all about the money. I'm sure Total Recall is going to make its money back. I mean, again, it look the the effects and everything. It looks cool, but the reason that Total Recall was my second favorite Arnold film after T2 is because it's a mental mindfuck. You, there's there, you you can talk about Total Recall the original for hours like okay when the is it a dream when did the dream start is the end him waking up or is he you know is he living you know what is going on in this movie there's so many things that you can discuss and talk about the original that I guarantee you there's probably none of that in the remake it's just a straight up action flick you are Quaid oh I am okay back and say oh you're trying to come in. you're dead oh three boobs bam end cut and dried nothing special. But the like Paul Verhoeven's a great director. Uh, he also did Starship Troopers, he did the original, and he did RoboCop. You know, and the, all those films, you know, there's a there's they're not just action films. There's something going on there. There is subtext to it. There's stuff to talk about and wonder and ponder and talk with your friends about. Especially Total Recall. You know, RoboCop's about the merger of man and machine and where humanity lies in that. You know, and that is touched upon in the movie. And speaking of remakes, they're making RoboCop, and they release like a a teaser like they, a review of the script and it is oh. from what they're telling me it is absolute garbage already hmm. like they said that basically RoboCop's going to have four costume changes in the movie they said the original RoboCop 1.0 this is from ScreenRant.com a great site you should check out they have some cool film news on there they said RoboCop 1.0 is the original and then like they in the script now they say it gets focus group tested and it looks too retro so then they upgrade his armor to 2.0 but then eventually they get to 4.0 and he's in, and he he's not patrolling Detroit he's invading fucking Afghanistan or something. <laughs> so already, first of all, they shit on the original RoboCop design, sure. which is iconic and you know it's like Spider-Man's costume. You they really shouldn't see change Iron it Man. too much. Yeah, you know that's that, that's that's exactly it. Yeah. And the concept art they show it looks like freaking Iron Man with you know just the bottom half of his jaw showing like RoboCop. It's wow. absolutely stupid what they're talking about doing. Robert Rodriguez, if you ever listen to this podcast, I beg you. <laughs> Get control of this remake like you were supposed to and take care of it, please. You could do it justice. Oh, yeah, there it is. Robocop remake to be a Transformer and fight Al-Qaeda. Like, his armor, his 4.0 version, like, transformed and shit. That is uh, 
retarded. That is so stupid. It's don't even call it RoboCop. Exactly, call it you know Transformer Cop, like to where it's <laughs> it's not it you know it's nothing to do with RoboCop. At the rate they're going, RoboCop three is going to look like Citizen Kane compared to this remake, and that's saying <laughs> a whole lot. Wow. But anyway, obviously you notice, but my stance on remakes is very negative. Uh, there's very few remakes that are worth anything to me. Uh, John Carpenter's The Things, fantastic, better than the original, which is rare. Uh, 310 to Yuma was a fantastic was a, remake. I saw the movie theater. Uh, the Departed was a great remake of a Japanese film. Uh, I'm trying to think of some more offhand. Uh, yeah, but I mean, the percentage of good remakes that are as good or even compared to the original, you can literally probably count on one to two hands, you know, without repeating a digit. <laughs> you know, but I mean, look at every single horror movie remake. Garbage, with the exception of John Carpenter's The Thing. You know, a good director with a good idea for the story and understanding the dynamics of what this and the thing, you know, what this creature embodies and what it means can make something out of it. Cabin in the Woods is a remake, right? I don't think so. Are you thinking of Cabin Fever? Oh, That's yeah. not a remake, though, I don't think. I don't th- mm-hmm. Cabin in the Woods, I want to say, is pretty like original from what I've heard. Again, I haven't seen it yet. Shame on me because I really want to. Yeah. Uh, uncategorized. Answer no. No, I, I never thought it was. What about Drag Me to Hell? I think that was original. Got Sam Raimi. Man. Uh, <laughs> I know uh, The Eye is a remake of a Japanese film, which the original Japanese one is really creepy, really awesome. Uh, what else? There was The Eye and The Grudge is a remake as well. Mm-hmm. The Ring uh, was Japanese. Yeah, the Ring was too. Like all, they had them string of those, you know, with, mm-hmm. with the creepy Asian kids in it. You know, that's a that was a big thing. And then they finished that and they remade every classic horror movie, Halloween, Texas Chainsaw, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, and every damn one of them is crap. You know, I swear to God, when I hear people say they like those movies, it just makes me, like, I really just question, like, <laughs> anything they would ever tell me after that. It's just, no offense to anybody listen to them. If you like a movie, I'm not hating on you for liking a movie. But again, like, when we're talking specifically about remakes versus originals here, because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I've talked to people that, you know, oh, Halloween, that movie's awesome. Like, are you talking, you know, and I'm, th- I'm thinking they're talking about the remake. I'm like, oh, what are you talking about? That movie's garbage. You, you talk about the remake, right? Like, yeah, the Rob Zombie? Yeah, it's awesome. Like, you know, it's a remake. Wait, there's a, there's a remake? People don't know that films are being remade now because they don't have, you know, nobody cares anymore. Sure. They're just going to remake it. The original's gone. You know, it's it's sad, honestly. You know, why make why make why remake RoboCop? Why don't you make RoboCop 4? Well, I mean, if they're or, changing it that much, just might call as, it something yeah, something else. something different. It's not even RoboCop no, 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 no. anymore. Tell them you're original. You, you don't do that because the name sells. <laughs> That's well, true. Yeah. That is true, but all, here, on the flip side... Uh, Stallone's comeback with Rocky Balboa, Rambo, uh, Live Free or Die Hard. All great, you know, to me, they were all better than the last entries in the series before them. You know, Rocky mm-hmm. Balboa was fantastic. Rambo was fucking epic. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, the Robocop, they know that name. Yeah. And the one shining point in it is that Michael Fassbender has been approached to be Robocop, which is awesome. Uh, I think he has the look and the acting chops to pull it off. But again, if it's this story. Like you said, it's Iron Man. If he steps out of America, this is Iron Man. It's mm-hmm. not RoboCop. And Why I, and, is a cop fighting people yeah, in Afghanistan? You know, he gets drafted <laughs> to Team America. <laughs> yeah. He's fighting with puppets. Yeah, yeah why? I would go see it then if Team, right. <laughs> Team America was in it. But it's, I mean, this, you know, 
there, there are good ideas. There's things that haven't been made movies of. Look at, you know, video gaming is becoming that new frontier, I think, because Fassbender is, talk, is producing the Assassin's Creed movie. Great storyline in those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, studios are pitching for the rights to Mass Effect, which, if done right, could be the next Star Wars trilogy, in my opinion, because they're fantastic, amazing games. Yeah. Uh, it's a different medium. Same yeah. story, but different medium. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a different... It's per, that's exact, you don't rewrite The Great Gatsby. You make a movie of it. Or a game. Yeah. <laughs> Walk into the club and approach, you know, the lighter cigarette. It's an RPG. It'd be, it'd, be hard, it'd be like Heavy Rain. It'd be yeah, like Heavy exactly. Rain for Gatsby. <laughs> Unless they changed it up a lot. You know, but uh, that's a very good point. When it's different mediums, you accept what they're doing with it. You know, of course, right. Resident Evil, you know, uh, listen to uh, last week's episode of Geekly Dosty for some Resident, awesome Resident Evil talk. But, uh, you know, the movies. Two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Two yeah. weeks yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm in a time warp. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Literally. No, but, uh, you know, uh, I love that game series. And the first movie, it wasn't good. But, you know, I could see that being a start of something. The second one, I didn't mind because it had Nemesis in it. It had the liquors. It had more of the creatures from the game. Still a bad movie. The third and the fourth, you know, garbage. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, I can't hate on it that much because, like, exactly why you said, they, it's something from this medium they're adapting to this other medium. Mm-hmm. You know, and, of course, you know, you want to just say, well, just take the game and just do it. There's your script. You know, that's that worked for Zack Snyder with Watchmen, aside from the ending, because yeah. that movie's almost, there are scenes in that movie that are taken, you know, I know, I know he had to use the, the graphic novel as a storyboard. Yeah. Because I'm watching, like, that's in the comic. Why not, That's though, in the comic. You know? Exactly. I mean, because, and if there was... Dark Knight e- Rises, too. Apparently, yeah. it looks a lot like the MTV version or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, I mean, Watchmen is like, Watchmen is... Not Rises. Returns. Your turns, yeah. Derp. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what you meant, but yeah, it yeah, didn't I register. Know, I know. Uh, but in uh, you know, Watchmen, like as a director, no hate, nothing on Zack Snyder, but that's like Watchmen would be the easiest movie in the world to direct because you have the, you know, it's right there. Okay, mm-hmm. I want to throw, I want to throw at the window, I want the button to fly, see you towards, you're gonna fall out the window, it's gonna land the blood, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, he just holds it up. Here's what I want. Yeah, and it, and because, but that is a testament. You know, I, I'm glad that he he knew that, had the wisdom to know that for that film. The subtext in and the you know in a comic you know it's a visual medium it's a visual medium and it's written word combined you know it's a painting mixed with a novel, for mm-hmm. lack of a better description, so the art has to tell something. It's just like when an actor is on screen they have to act, they have to bring a character to life. So an artist in a comic has to bring that character to life. And in Watchmen like there's so much minute things in the background like a, a reflection in a puddle or a person walking in the background that are so central to what's going on in the story and he captured all that and that's so rare. Mm-hmm. And aside from the ending change, which is, makes perfect sense, despite all the haters for what the story he was telling, is fine. But, you know, it's like, getting back on topic, you know, like, with Red Dawn remake, it's not going to be like the original. Yeah. North Korea, okay, North Korea, really? You know how big that country is? <laughs> you could, every person from North Korea could invade America and they'd be dead in two minutes. All right. They don't have, you know, it's, it's, imp, it's you know... Even Again. if they were jam packed in that country, standing <laughs> now next the Chinese. To each other. Now they said the Chinese were doing it. That's a little more. I I really hate to say the term realistic because it's a movie. I don't expect it to be yeah. necessarily re- truly realistic. But yeah. But I mean, you know, it's like saying Panama is invading the United States. Rhode Island invading <laughs> Texas. <laughs> Rhode yeah. Island has succeeded and is invading New York City. <laughs> I mean, it's just you know what is what can North how can North Korea do it? You know, it's just. I usually don't read that deep into things, but I mean, seriously, when you're remaking a movie, it's it was feasible at that time that the Russians could have invaded the United States. Right. It truly was. In the midst of the Cold War, you know, with nukes aimed at each other all the time, that could have happened. You know, not definitely not did in the movie, I'm sure, 
but you know it was feasible at that time. It played upon the American uh, the culture's fears and you know just the Cold War and whatnot. But now, what do we have? You know, we're not at war with North Korea. Kim Jong Il's dead. We don't even know what their stances are anymore. Yeah, we don't have a ha- a, ha- a dog in that fight right now because we don't even know what's going on. Yeah, they're changing. They don't know what's going on. You know, on. why yeah. not make it Al Qaeda or something infiltrating? They're holding a town hostage. Just change it up a little bit to where they don't have the do main some- planes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, good, but though. it's true. <laughs> I mean, it's just remakes are garbage. Like I, I never have high hopes for any remake that ever comes out, ever. Yeah, it's just I'm gonna go into it knowing it's gonna be bad. Well, everything from this point has been nothing to yeah. talk about, really. You know, I mean, honestly, I w- I don't. I wish the movie. I wish the movie would be exciting. I wish I would like the movie, but right. I, I really don't think I will because you will never see another movie made like the original Red Dawn. Like we said, like I mentioned before, and for years from now, until everything's changed in the United States, you're not going to see anything like that. Yeah. You know, when's the last time you saw a movie that somebody got shot in school? A gun was in a school campus. Uh, Basketball Diaries and Red Dawn. That's about it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Age revisited gmail.com. Yeah. But you know, it's just it's I'm just. Thinking, I'm trying to think of some school Dangerous Minds, but there wasn't anything. Yeah. Even that was yeah. you know that was even pre-Columbine and Tame. Yeah. For the most part, as far as that. High school high had guns, huh? Had John Lovitz. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know who you were talking about until you said John. Wasn't Tia Carrera in that movie, too? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. she oh, was the, the hot teacher. <laughs> All right, she's a hot teacher. John Lovitz. <laughs> Is um, he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. I know, I'm just being facetious. <laughs> yeah. He was on one of the roasts, like the Tom Cruise roast. I mean, not Tom Cruise. Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Charlie Sheen. Yeah. God, how, do you, how did I mix I would up love Tom to Cruise that. and... Oh god, the first Scientology joke he probably walked oh, out yeah, crying. I know. Or he would just laugh absurdly long. <laughs> He'd start jumping on the couch. Ah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> he would never do that. Like, right? Uh, I would yeah, be not shocked. In a million years. But uh, while you're thinking, Daniel, go to the real world stuff and wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this released on uh, August 10th, 1984. Uh, which, thank goodness, 1984 wasn't like uh, Orwell thought it would be. Nope. Oh, okay. uh, on <laughs> August 5th, Richard Burton, the, the two-time Mr. Elizabeth Taylor, passed away. And then on August 10th, the Red Hot Chili Peppers' first album, yeah. entitled The Red Hot Chili Peppers, was released. Wow, and it that's was old. panned by critics. Like, not, any compilation that they released now doesn't have any songs off this album. Like, it's not... They don't like it <laughs> themselves, I assume. Uh. Uh, I was looking at the singles release, so I didn't recognize the damn one. Wow. Like, I wouldn't know so... It was definitely like, you know, I guess Kiedis had to be like maybe 13 or something. <laughs> but, Pop that uh, in my 8-track. This was awesome. I thought, like, Red Dawn again released on August 10th. On August 9th, Iron Maiden played the World uh, Slavery Tour in Warsaw, Poland, which was the first time a Western band had a had a full-blown stage production show behind the Iron Curtain, which, of course, Red Dawn, Russians. Oh, sure. Well, Iron Maiden, in reality, was fighting the establishment by performing a concert behind that little <laughs> the not the Steelers Iron Curtain but the literal yeah. Iron Curtain of those, the those four War. linebackers man. <laughs> they were just standing there menacingly and <laughs> Iron Maiden walked right through them and played a kick ass show in Warsaw <laughs> yeah but uh, that, that again that was the real world in around August 10th of 1984 so you weren't even wait you were born yeah you were three months old I was four going on five so Again, I did, this was one movie I didn't see in the theater, but I did see, you know, probably around 86, maybe, 87, I don't know for sure, but it was definitely on VHS, so it had to be <laughs> pretty early. So, uh, we did your score. Anything else about 
Red Dawn, Swayze. I just we just want to talk Swayze for the next thirty minutes. You know, Thirty Dancing when they had that little, little lighthearted scene where she was on on Red Dawn where Jennifer Grey was pouring the orange juice over. Just thought back to Dirty Dancing. Like I said, I just want to train with those guys if I was ever doing that yeah. because uh, they got good really fast. Yeah, well, you, got, you drink that deer blood <laughs> that yeah. changes and things. then that makes you a warrior. Like they said, you have the spirit of the deer, which, you know, deer are excellent hand-to-hand combatants and <laughs> Everybody knows crack that. shots. <laughs> They're great with a rifle. And they also, you know, it's, they give you that military strategy like Swayze had. Which, that's not a stretch, because he really was a military genius. Of course. Uh, to where, you yeah. know, have these amazing guerrilla attacks to where 10 kids with AK-47s could take out a tank column. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess, my, I think, you know, MacGyver. Oh, amazing grenade throws as well. Oh, no joke. When they're on top of them now, they both go in the, inside. <laughs> that tank opening's like, you know, maybe a foot and a half. <laughs> like like a basketball goal, yeah. yeah. Kobe Bryant. A little bit more than basketball. <laughs> right in it. It's awesome, though. But, yeah, great film. Great 80s cult film, too. Uh, and, of course, it's very relevant now with the remake coming out. But uh, I would urge anybody out there who hasn't seen it, in a, if you're all hyped up because, ooh, Chris Hemsworth and whatever whoever else is in the remake and you're all excited for it. Oh, speaking of the Hunger Games, too, the dude that played the dude in Hunger Games is in <laughs> That's the good. remake of Red Dawn. <laughs> the uh, Peter, yeah, Peter, I think. Oh, yeah. Peter Bread. Yeah, That's yeah. how I kept making Peter fun of Brad. him when I was watching. Oh, Peter Bread's alive. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's in there. I forget his name. Josh something, I want to say. But I never Cut liked him. Cutcherson or something? It, it, yeah, you're right. I just remember seeing that on, on yeah. the Yeah, He's in there. And, like, honestly, I hated him in every movie he's been in except Hunger Games. Like, I thought he did a good job as an actor. I don't so even know what he's in. He was The thing that made me hate him was a movie called Cirque de Freak, the vampire's oh. <laughs> assistant. He is. It, he runs the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not a. It's an okay movie, I guess. It was. It's based on a book as well, and it's got a William. I mean, not William. Uh, oh shoot, Shake and Bake. Second half. Oh, I forgot. Drawing a com- brain fart on his Shake damn name. Shake and Bake. Shake and Bake. That second half with Will Ferrell, John C. Riley. <laughs> God, I couldn't Shake think of his and name. Bake. <laughs> but uh, he's in that uh, movie. That's funny. Uh, but this Josh dude's in it, and it's just so he's so bad. I was like, and he was even he auditioned for Spider Man and the Amazing Spider Man, and thank God he didn't get the role. Sure. But uh, in Hunger Games, like I, I didn't mind. I thought he did actually a really good job. So. Uh, I don't hate him as much anymore as an actor. So good job, Josh. You won. You won a fan. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, but again, I, I always get now is if you if you haven't seen the original and you're all hyped up for the remake, do you know honor Patrick Swayze's memory by it's on Netflix too. Watch yeah. the original at least so you know what you're getting into and like, and also you can compare it and you can be awesome to your friends that are like oh it's a remake, and you could tell them yeah dude the new one was cool but you got to see the original man it's fucking awesome dude. Blah blah blah. You'll be awesome. You'll be a hero. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> that reminds me of the zombie movie yeah. we all did. Yeah. Find it on YouTube. Sedgley, um, is it under? Is it under a shallow? Rock of the Dead. Is it under your on your page or? Uh, it's under Law Town. Possibly. Okay. Search Rock know. of the Dead, and you'll see what me, what I used to look like, and what Jesse used to look like. After. Was I in that? Yeah. Oh yeah, I was in that. That's right. He was John Lennon. And I'm I was no, some I'm no actor, but stoner yeah. bonehead dude. So don't hold it against me. I'm not like nothing like I'm not like Travolta where. <laughs> I'm like, I kid my personality to a certain role. I'm nothing like that. Yeah. But uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We do appreciate it. We hope our tangents didn't drive you away. Remember, uh, uh, remakes are always available. I mean, remakes aside, you can always go back to the original. Exactly. It's it's not going anywhere. That's what helps me get over it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's very true. You know, because uh, you know, just like you said, nothing more to say about that. Yep. <laughs> Uh, next week we'll be doing we'll get finally get around to be doing the Tim Burton Batman. We have our copies ready to go for that. 
So I'm really looking forward to doing that one next week. So look for that one. And after that, after Batman, we're going to do uh, a Jawsome twosome with Jaws 3 and Jaws 4 The Revenge. So get you through your Shark Week morning period after it's over. But uh, anything else, Daniel? <laughs> Not much. Okay. <laughs> and then... In that case, I'm one of your hosts, Trey Harris. The other, Daniel San Angelo. I'm Jesse Zedgley. Tune in next time, everybody. Cowabunga! That's great. Ooh. show and more at the awesome podcast network's facebook at facebook.com slash awesome podcast network and follow us on twitter at awesome podcasts